Hi, we're Mel and Missy, respectfully a clinical mental health therapist and fear fighter life coach. But it goes beyond that. We are representatives of you. Trashed It is a brand that helps women focus on their next level of freedom by getting rid of the emotional garbage in their lives, whether it's toxic relationships, thought patterns, stigmas, etc. We represent mothers and single mothers, daughters, wives, and divorcees, business professionals, entrepreneurs, and even Christians and ministers of the gospel. We're, We're trashing, trashing it all. Hey guys, I'm Mel. I'm Missy. And welcome back to another episode of Trashed It. And guess what? We are so, so super excited. I think I am the most excited (laughs) of all to have um, our very first. You are our first special guest. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yes, yes, you are. And so for those who may not know, um, I'm sure they know the glam face if they're tuning in on YouTube. But we have with us today no none other than the recording artist, the new author, um, the new lead pastor of All Nations Worship Assembly in Huntsville. She is a multitude of things. Uh, the pastor, Candy West. So we are. Yay. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm honored to be here with y'all today. Thank oh, you for having me. We are honored. Um, I was when I was mentioning you to to Missy, I was saying like, hey, you know, I have I've been following her in her singing career since like 07, 08, right? I oh think wow. I'm seeing you was on Marvin Sapp's Thirsty album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I just remember for whatever reason, he did a video. And I was, because I was always the choir director and all those things, I was always drawn to like whatever was going on with the BGVs, with the background vocals. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were doing background vocals for him then. Um, but even when I look at your story, it goes back so much further, right? Because for yeah. me, 07, 08 seems like a long time ago. But you've been in this game in the music industry and just in church and like just all the things for um, longer than I know we know. So with that, you know, really want to just give you the opportunity to kind of kind of walk us up to speed and walk our audience up to speed on um, your beginning to where you are now. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you again, Mel and Missy, for having me on your show as your first guest. I'm really excited about that. But just to give a brief backstory on some of my history, um, I got my start in my grandfather's church. I've been singing since the age of three. And so my mom was, she's an incredible singer. So she was the choir director in all things music in my grandfather's church. And when I was a baby, she would hear me hum. And so what she started doing was she would hum something and I would repeat it back to her. 
And she would hum something else and I'll repeat it back. And she told my dad, this baby's going to sing. <laughs> so from that point, they put a milk crate up and stood me on the milk crate, put a microphone in my hand. And I've been singing wow. all of my life. So I grew up in my grandfather's church. I got my more professional start in my late teens, early, early 20s with God's property. And this is pre-Kirk mm-hmm. Franklin. And we landed a record deal with Kirk Franklin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I want to just do a myth buster really quickly. God's property was not Kirk's choir. We were actually produced by Kirk Franklin. He was just kind of like the head of it because Mm -hmm. he produced the album, wrote all the songs. But our choir was actually formed by a lady named Linda Seawright. And a lot of us came under Linda Seawright for for many, many years. And then we landed our deal with Kirk. And so I just wanted to give a quick myth buster that we were not Kirk's choir. We actually had a deal with Kirk and he was kind of like the lead since he was producing and all that stuff. So from God's property and Kirk Franklin on and on and on. And I just had some amazing opportunities to tour and travel with the likes of Mary, Mary, Peggy LaBelle. Um, I've toured with, uh, of course, Kirk Franklin. I've toured with Fred Hammond, co-written with him, Myron Butler and Levi Marvin Sapp. Uh, PJ Morton, Snarky Puppy, CC Wine is Yolanda Adams. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, even Erica Badu. Um, I've just had some incredible opportunities over the years uh, to be able to express my gifts and to enhance the gifts of others. And so from there, I started leading worship as a full-time worship leader. I came off the road starting leading worship as a full-time uh, worship leader. And then I landed back at the Potter's house. And so when I landed at the Potter's house around 2000, I was there for many years. I was there from like 2008 till about 2010. I moved to Birmingham uh, to be at a church there. And then I moved back to Dallas where I began to be the worship leader, began leading worship at the Potter's house. So a lot of those videos that you may see of me on YouTube are videos from that time frame between 2014 to about 2017, 2018. So yeah. So in, in other words, Google you. Google. <laughs> Google, me. Yeah. Google her. Google her. She has receipts. I thank God for all the receipts. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we do want to get into the topic and, okay. um, and I know there will be plenty of time to talk about this pastoral role and just, oh, yeah. you know, how all the things fit in. And so normally at this point in the show, I'll ask Missy. So Missy, what are we trashing today? Yes. And so today we are trashing all things that comes with a being in ministry, being single and being a woman and being single that you can still find happiness. You can still embrace who you are in this season of singleness. And that is what we are trashing today. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> so, so with that being said, um, you have a book coming out. So when is the book, the, the name of the book is Work the Weight. Yes. And it's actually out. I released it in 2020. Okay. So no, I released it, uh, 20, yeah, 2020. I released it, um, September around September, end of September, 2020. So you can get the book on my website at candywest.com or you can get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I released that book in 2020 called work the way. Yes. Okay. And so in the, in the, in the excerpt of the book, you talk about, um, what to do basically in these seasons of waiting, right? Whether oh, yeah. 
whether it is waiting for a job or waiting for a man, you know, waiting for mm-hmm. your food, waiting for your yes, baby, <laughs> waiting for your person. Um, and you talk about not getting stuck in in the disappointment or not being so focused on that thing that is to come, right? Or maybe the thing that that God has shown you or that you desire, but being able to to be comfortable maybe in that season of waiting. And so, you know, one of the, one of the, the first things uh, we really kind of wanted to address was, is, is there really a such thing as being able to embrace being single? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it, for, uh, it first starts with your mindset. Your perspective in any season, no matter what your status is, married, single, widow, divorce, going through in transition, no matter what your status is, it is always mind over matter. Your perspective is everything. Mm -hmm. So if your perspective and your view is skewed or cloudy or your judgment is cloudy or even how you perceive the season that you're in, if there's something off about your perception, it, it doesn't matter. I think it really starts there. It starts with how you perceive the season you're in and your perspective of that season. I believe that you can be successful and single. And even with the book, waiting seasons are not inactive seasons. Waiting mm-hmm. seasons are really active Good. seasons. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a season of stillness, a waiting season, you should be preparing for something. Because if you're waiting for something, that means you've been praying for something. And if you've been praying for something, that means you need to be preparing for it. Mm. And so I believe that even as a single woman or a single man, if you're in a waiting season, don't look at that waiting season as a prison sentence. It's not a sentence. Mm. It's a season. And as we know, all seasons change. Seasons are not, uh, are not, uh, uh, resolute and they're not finite. They're not definite seasons always shift. And so you have to embrace the season that you're in and know that there is something for you greater, but you can't lose faith and hope in that waiting season. Mm. Oh, that's good. It is. Thank you. I I like when the part about, um, it's not like, it's not this jail sentence, right? Like it's not this, Mm -hmm. it's this season of, of like, I just don't have anything. I'm, I just don't have a life. But I think, you know, there are still so many times when, um, because I, I am married now, right? So like, I, I am in that part of my, <laughs> in that part of my life. But even, even remembering the back when, you know, I do think there is still that thought at some point of, like, man, is it ever going to happen? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, is is the is is the marriage ever going to happen? Or even the relationship, or is the job, is the career mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. like when is it gonna be my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. So so what do you say to what do you say to the woman who hasn't exactly established her mindset? Ooh, I would say that that's it's that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. You have to see yourself in the end. I encourage women, mm. imagine the kind of wife that you want to be. Imagine the kind of woman that you see yourself being in the future. It is not just about doing because we're not human. We're not human. We're not just humans doing being doings. We're humans being. 
Mm-hmm. And so you want to look at the kind of person you want to be, not just the kind of person that you want to, the things that you want to do, because we can get so locked in the doing that we don't, that we miss the being. So mm-hmm. I would first say, imagine yourself and in the kind of wife that you want to be. Imagine yourself healed. Mm. Imagine yourself mm. whole. Wow. Imagine yourself being fulfilled without that partner. Because if that partner is the only way that you can see fulfillment, then you're going to make an idol and a god out of that man. Mm. You'll you'll begin to put your dependency on him and then you'll go to him for the answers and not consult God first and then bring your spouse into the narrative. So I would first say, look at the kind of woman you want to be, the kind of wife that you want to be. Then look at where you are and look at the areas where you may need to grow in. Be Mm -hmm. patient with you in this because it's easy to see yourself in the end and be like, oh my God, I got so much work to do. It's like, no, sis, bite size. You know, when you take down the elephant one bite at a time. And so Look at that and then look at where you are and and then begin to assess what areas can I tangibly begin to grow in? Mm -hmm. Does it require therapy? Does it require, you know, maybe losing some weight? For some women, it may be their weight. And for some women, it may be their heart. For Mm -hmm. some women, it may be their finances. So where, however you see yourself in the end, begin to work backwards to say, what can I be doing right now to get to that person that I see? That's Wow, that's good. That my question for you, Pastor Candy West, is in reading the book. Of course, I read uh, the excerpt of it, and so my question is: Why do you think that we equate waiting period with singleness? And I love how you expound more on it. It's a could be for a job, going back to school, maybe waiting on a house, waiting on something other than another human being to make you complete. Why do you think that we always relate? waiting to just being single because i think it's been so much emphasis on marital status Mm. you know i believe that marriage has been so idolized throughout generations and throughout years you know we our parents grew up in a generation that if a woman didn't have a husband that she didn't seem to be valued that she Mm -hmm. didn't seem to be a woman of value unless she was married And then we go through, you know, the movement where women became in the 80s, where women uh, became bosses and leaders and more women were being single and working through uh, realms and elevations and seats of power without husbands and being career women. And so the narrative began to shift. But I still think because it's been so much emphasis on a woman's value being tied to being married. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so because of that, there's a pressure or the ideology of if I'm not married, I don't have value, mm-hmm. which we know is a lie. Marriage adds value to your life, but you're still as valued as a single person, a single woman. So I think sometimes we equate waiting to singleness so much because that has been such a a narrative that has been driven in our culture that, you know, if you're waiting, you're waiting for a husband. Most times women are waiting for what? A man. Somebody come by, they Prince Charming, you know, they're Boaz, (laughs) if you will. Um, And so I think the more we have conversations like this and we begin to really expand our borders on what waiting seasons are, it will begin to shift the narrative on what waiting really is. It's so much bigger than waiting because because you're waiting to be married or waiting to come out of a single season. But waiting could be, there are people that are waiting to have a baby. 
There are people that are are on a waiting list for a home, on a waiting list for a kidney, or their waiting could be, Mm. uh, it could be a myriad of so many things, but we always revert to what's familiar, which Mm. is waiting on a husband, waiting on marriage, but it's so much bigger than that. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Mel, you know what? Because I have another question, but I'm away. I'm just going to let you go again, and I'm away. Yes. No, I, I thought it was really interesting when you were when you were talking about how you know back in the day being married, right? That was a symbolism of 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 value for women. Women, because I was reading an article, I was reading this uh, research article that really talked about how. Um, it has kind of, it, it, it has pivoted, right? And mm-hmm. so now women actually, uh, research shows are happier, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and, and the, the concept of, of success being tied to marriage and kids and the white picket fence and the puppy dog, yeah. that, that is no longer the case. Right. And the mindset of women is really changing to to be able to define success, be able to define happiness, to be able to define joy as things that don't necessarily include marriage or the spouse in that order. Right. Mm -hmm. I I think that was um, absolutely spot on when you said because it is definitely the mindset. This is the mindset. Absolutely. Because I think sometimes there can be this, this thought of I've not been successful. Mm -hmm. You know, we we're looking on social media and we see, you know, of course everyone, and this is what I tell clients as a, as a therapist, I say, you know, everybody puts their best face forward, you know, absolutely. We are. Absolutely. But we use what we see um, to determine our level of success or where we should be in life, right? Versus really, really determining, okay, what is success? What is success for me? Yeah. Not yeah. Not it look like out here in social media, but mm-hmm. what does success look like for me? Because a lot of times yeah. we're basing it on the opinion, the opinions Mm -hmm. and the perspective of others. Yeah. It's really also owning your own narrative too. I think that a lot of women, of course, according to the studies that you mentioned, may find themselves being happier because they can, they can control the narrative of their success. By the time you get married, you have to include someone else's ideas of what your doings and beings look like. And so if you're really submitted in marriage, that can sometimes change your narrative and change your expectation. Unless you meet a, you marry a bomb husband, it's like, baby, do you, I got your full support, whatever it is. But there are some women that are like, no, I think I like being able to control my own narrative and I have to get the permission to be successful or get the permission of how successful I can be because my husband doesn't want me to make more money 
than him or my husband doesn't want me to work. And a lot of women, of course, like I, uh, I said earlier, like the women in the 60s and the 70s, they they were housemakers, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were the women that would cook dinner and wash the clothes and the husbands would be the working class men and they would come home to a home cooked meal and the wife would take care of the children. We're, we're towards the 70s and the 80s. The women were like, I want to be at home anymore. Right. I, I want to work. I want to make my own money. I don't want nobody telling me when I can get my hair done or controlling when I can, you know, do certain things for myself. And that's, I think now we're seeing that more women are happy being single or because they can change, they can control their narrative and choose how successful, how high up they want to go and how far they want to go to. Absolutely. You know, I will tell you, and I'm single. And so the title of the book, Work the Weight, That I was very appreciative of that because that first word work, and as we know, is an action word. But do you know how many times, of course, being a single woman, we find those books worth the wait, know your value, worth, (laughs) worth, 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 but nothing with work. And I found it quite interesting that you talked about the book came out almost two years ago. So October of 2020. And as we know, we were in the midst of a pandemic. How important was that for you to release that book during this pandemic, especially for women? You know, and I don't want to keep clarifying just women that are single, but just all of us in some particular holding pattern working, but we're also waiting. Yeah, it was really important for me because I had to live it. I started Mm -hmm. writing the book in 2017. I thought that it was going to be released um, into actually I started writing the book. Yes, I started writing the book in 2017. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be released in 2018. But when I finished the book, the Lord told me that I actually had to work the weight. The Lord Mm -hmm. told me I had to live it, that you're going to read the pages. You're going to read these chapters and they're going to help you navigate your own waiting season so that you're able to really you didn't just write this out of creativity. You really wrote this from experience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, I had to live. A lot of it, I had to go back and, and, and rewrite and restructure because I felt like, oh, no, I have now I have a more of a story to tell than just telling a story. Mm-hmm. And so it was really important for me, especially in the pandemic, because we all know pandemic was a major waiting season for all of us yes. around the world. Oh. The world was shut down. And I think we discovered, you know, things about ourselves in that weighty season, things that we loved about ourselves, things that we hated about ourselves, like really having to be with ourselves or with our families. Like, oh, my God, things about yourself <laughs> that you've been able to hide and mask behind work, yes. mask behind performance, mask behind, you know, being busy where now you're in a season of absolutely nothingness. <laughs> Feel like procrastination and stagnation and God is saying, no, this is, this is a great waiting season. This is a great time to prepare. Cause when I open this thing back up again, you shouldn't be the same. Wow. You should be different. And so if you really maximize your pandemic season, then you should be a totally different woman you were than when you were in the middle of it, when you were in the thick of it. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. You. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it was a real thing for me, you know, for going through that whole pandemic season and not knowing what life is going to look like. You know, I had to come out of grieving, not being able to do the things that feeling like that freedom 
was taken and feeling like, you know, we're being locked in a box Mm -hmm. and we don't have the freedom to live life and life will never be the same after this. And we all know like the world is not the same. It's very different, but it's also evolved and changed in a good way. Because I believe that that waiting season really made people sit down and look at the visions that they have. If my job lays me off, what else am I going to do? It's time for me to go back and revisit that business idea. A lot of businesses were launched in a pandemic to where now, um, even when you look at the economic crisis, a lot of independent small businesses were birthed out of the pandemic. So it wasn't all bad. It was really about people saying, I'm going to work this. This is my chance. I'm going to seize. I'm a carpe diem. I'm going to seize the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seize the day. Absolutely. Wonderful. What another question that I have, of course, um, in the sense of fulfillment being single. And so at the top of the hour, when we were talking and you were talking about being saved um, and being single, but I'm going to add on to this is being saved, single and being sexy, because I will tell you um, what Super Bowl was a couple of weeks ago. So we both follow you on IG <laughs> and the video that you did, Pastor Candy walking through with Mary in the back. And I'm like, come through, come through all the hell. <laughs> so how, and I don't know if this sounds like um, a generic question to ask you, how did you get to that point and walking, of course, you're saved, you're single, but the sexiness of being saved and still being single. Yeah, I think it's not being locked in other people's idea of what being saved looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that you can be sexy and not provocative. I think it's a very fine line. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's it's a very fine line. Um, If you look at all my pictures, I'm usually really covered up. And so it may be one or two pictures throughout the year. I may post, I may show a little cleavage and people be like, oh my God, oh my God, let me show my legs. Like, oh my God, you got legs. I have legs. I, I walk on them every single day. You know, <laughs> I have legs, guys. Um, but I think it's really owning your own beauty, owning your body. Like this is, this is the body that God gave me. It's not perfect. You know, I wish my butt was bigger and more round, but there are things about my body that I love. You know, I have nice legs. I I'm, you know, I'm, I'm losing weight. So my body is shaping and toning the way I want it to, but it's really about being comfortable in the skin that you're in. You know, I'm not a wife yet. And I plan on being one really soon. And when I do become a wife, I want my husband to be able to be like my wife, fine. Like (laughs) she, but she know how to put it on, you know, and not, I give more for my girls when I go to brunch than I do for my husband, you know? Um, And so I think it's really about owning your your beauty, owning your sexuality, owning that your femininity. I'll never forget. Uh, my therapist told me some months ago, she said, you know, with this leadership role that you're into, she said, nurture your feminine. You're going to have to be strong. You lead men. So there are going to be times you're going to have to be there assertive and very strong. She was like, but make sure you always nurture your feminine. You continue to nurture your feminine. And so for me, doing things like that, wearing the heels, putting the makeup on, getting the red lipstick, getting my nails done, those are ways that I nurture my feminine. And I have my dress down days. So it's 
hair in a bun and it sweats and, you know, an Adidas jacket and I'm out the door. But there are those moments that I'm like, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to turn it up. <laughs> the world deserves a little candy spice. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so things like that for me, like that reel that I did, that's my personality. Like, you know, I love to have fun. I just feel like you, you don't have to be, this is not, you know, it's not my grandmother's era, my great, great grandmother's era. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this is a different era where we can be, you know, beautiful and bold and, and mm -hmm. you have voices and, mm -hmm. and impact on the world. And so for me, it's like I said, it's really about owning your own beauty, only what God gave you and nurturing your feminine. Mm. Because, you know, back in the day now, we're keeping it. And if we're keeping it a buck, as as the, you know, the kids would say, we were really keeping it a buck. Um, and definitely as we are trashing just these these thought patterns, um, not just with women, but, you know, in in church and in, and in Christendom, um, embracing that sexy back in the day would la would label you the church hussy now. Uh, oh, yes, it <laughs> <Sure> would. <laughs> Sure would. And so to, to know that there is that freedom, right? Like there is, yeah. freedom, there is that balance in being able to be single, being able to be saved, being able to be, being able to be sexy, right? And to yes. walk, walk in that and walk in our feminine and it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's okay. It. Like it's not a, we're out here being rehab in these streets. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I want to play the devil's advocate for just a moment, though. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, because again, I, I have been the single chick. I'm I'm now, I'm the married chick. And uh, Missy and I, we were having this conversation the other day. And I said, you know, I said, I think I'm always like the devil's advocate in certain situations because I hear all, all that we're saying, and yes, sis, you know, work that weight and, and, you know, see, see yourself in the end. But what do you say to the single saved woman who hasn't really figured out the weight, right? And this is the one that's listening, that's saying, listen, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Candy. Mm -hmm. I hear you saying Mel and Missy, but it re but real talk, mm -hmm. I just want to, I want a pair of thighs in my bed at yeah. night and I want it right now. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah. what do we say to, to the one who hasn't gotten the patience yet, right? To really yeah. align with what, with what God is saying. Absolutely. Cause I've been that woman. <laughs> I think I can speak to that very well. I, I've been yeah. there. I think what began to shift my, again, it's mindset. It's really what, what makes me want it so bad? Is it the fulfillment of, or making me feel like I'm not alone? Does it make me feel loved? Does that make me feel wanted? Because if you really be honest, a lot of times you can get the thighs and the, and, and, and the muscles in your bed, but that's, that's all you're going to get. That's it. Ain't yes. no commitment after that. They're going to give what they get. Whatever you choose to give them, they're going to take it from you. And then they're, they're not going to commit, you know, a man being in your bed and you, you being able to have your pick of the litter to sleep, whatever man you want. 
is not going to make a man commit. I don't, I don't care how good your stuff is. Right. It's not going to make a man want to marry you. It's it's so much more than that because what he'll do, he'll get the goodies from you and marry somebody that ain't giving it up to him. Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen right. time and time again. So you really have to begin to address what is what is this desire coming from? Is this because the truth of the matter is that's partly lust. Mm -hmm. So what's feeding this lust? Is it the songs that I'm listening to? Mm -hmm. Is it what I'm watching? My sensory overload? And am, am I feeding that that sensual desire more than I'm feeding my spiritual desire? Mm -hmm. Because whatever you feed, that thing is going to grow. Whatever you feed, you're going to begin to crave after that. So if you're feeding your sensuality, you're going to be craving for sensual things. But if you're feeding your spirit, and it doesn't mean the temptations are not going to come. You know, where I we have eyes. I'm not a blind. I'm not a blind woman. So I see fine men all the time, and I'm like, my God. Day. Okay. But at the same, <laughs> my God, my God, what a wonderful creation. But at the same time, I've learned to, I, I've learned how to rein in my lust and my desires because I don't feed it. Mm -hmm. I feed my spirit more. I'm more after the things. I'm like, I don't want to just be somebody's one night stand. I don't want to just be somebody's booty buddy. I don't know if I can say that. Can I say that? Okay. You can say that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Try to keep it PG as PG as, as possible. Just, I don't want to just crashed it. So mm -hmm. okay, good deal, good deal. You know, I just don't want to be somebody's hookup partner. I, mm -hmm. I want to be. I want to be somebody's wife. I want a man to choose me as his life partner. So I have to start thinking, is this decision making, is it taking me away from being the wife that God has called me to be, or is it preparing me for it? So that's what I would say to the sister that's hot, hot and bothered, hot and ready <laughs> like a little Caesar's pizza. <laughs> hot and ready, sis. Oh. I am tickled. Go <laughs> get your spices because you want to think about how is this really helping to push me towards mm -hmm. that goal of being a wife and waiting. And just think, you know, you every time you do it, you add it to your body count, sis. Like you gotta, you gotta be real, like with the girls, like that. Since you only add it to your body count, and mm -hmm. you may know, you may meet a man that may be like, ah, uh, yeah, no. So just really look at how is this lending itself to getting me closer to the goal? If it is being a wife, is this, is this wife behavior? Mm. Is this wifey behavior right yeah. here? You know, I'm somebody's wife, but yet I'm giving myself to yeah. another woman's yeah. husband, even mm. if he's not married, the idea is the idea of it. Right. So that's how I would challenge my sisters in that way. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's, it's definitely all about, about mind shift. Um, and you, you said, you know, you went back to your therapist and how she, you know, was encouraging you to make sure that you don't forget about the femininity, you know, and, and to embrace it and walk in it um, because you do lead men. Right? Yes. And so I think that's kind of where we want to segue uh, kind of last is, you know, there are a lot of there there are a lot of thoughts and there are a lot of um of uh stressors you know i guess and challenges when it comes to being the boss whether it mm -hmm. is in a boardroom um whether it is owning your own business in your case also being the lead pastor mm -hmm. yes and so what what is that like what is it to be in those roles 
to be single in those roles, right? Because you're not just one, you wear several of those hats. Yeah. Yes. So what is it to be in those roles, to be the boss, in, you know, on your own terms um, and know that sometimes that role can be lonely or, or that maybe men see you as a threat? You know, mm-hmm. how, how does that work for you? How has that worked for you? Well, I've had to really um, shift my perspective and how I viewed myself. Uh, I gave God my conditions, even when people would begin to prophesy over me that I was not just going to preach, but I was going to pastor. My conditions were, God, I don't want to pastor as a single woman. So you're going to have to send me my husband because mm-hmm. I want I want to do it with my husband. I don't want to do it. Right. by myself. And so for years and years and years, I would be prophesied to that you're going to pass, you're going to pass her. And even when I came to Huntsville, that word just would continue to resonate over me. And I had my conditions. I'm like, well, God must be getting ready to bless me because <laughs> I'm not doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. But God had other plans in mind. And it wasn't that God was withholding a husband from me because I get a lot of prophecies about my husband. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he was withholding something from me, but sometimes, just sometimes, God wants to use you as the example of what he can do with a yes. Mm, yes. Sometimes God mm. will use you as the example of what he can do with whatever status you're in. Mm. Sometimes God will use you as the example to say, this is what I can do with a person that's willing to submit to my will, willing to submit to my way. And no, it's not going to be easy. So for me, the moment that I began to take my conditions away, take the limits off of how God could use me and when he could use me, things really began to align themselves to me quickly. And one of the things I'm very grateful for is that I have an amazing support system of men and women in leadership. And through the years, I think because of my tenure in ministry in the industry, I've been able to build some incredible relationships where people kind of saw this coming and they just kind of committed themselves to say, you will not fail when it's your time. We got your back. We're going to support you ever needing the and it really has been that way of course there are the challenges when I have to make decisions you know and there are things that that require my business acumen and I'm having to really you know take away all the voices and opinions of everybody else and say this is what I this is what I perceive is the right decision to make and it may not be in favor of everyone but it's in favor of the whole and we're going to do it um, and so it's, you know, it's doing it with the level of grace, you know, that's why I, I like to wear my makeup because I can wink and blink while I'm, <laughs> while I'm being assertive, you know, um, <laughs> but, you know, really just owning that God, you know, I look at women in the Bible, I look at a Deborah when, uh, Barack came to her and said, you know, uh, we have to fight against Sisera and I cannot go into this battle without you, Deborah. Deborah looked at him and said, okay. I will go with you, but just know that the victory of Sisera will be turned over to the hands of a woman and not you. Mm. And so those kind of stories, Esther and Naomi, all the courageous women in the Bible helped me to realize that I can do it. I can do it even in the status that I'm in. And because I have God with me, mm-hmm. he would never send me into something with him without being well equipped with the tools and the weapons. And so that's one of the things that has really encouraged me and helped me to stay um, 
graceful and still have some grit in this season. Grace, oh, love it. That's good. That is good. <laughs> like that. Like that. And so, Pastor Candy, we know, of course, that you wear many hats and you are so many things to everyone. But what does it look like when Pastor Candy is something to herself? What does self-care look like for you? Because, you know, we're in a day and age where people say, oh, self-care is, is selfish. No, it's not. It's selfless. Um, and so what does that look like for you being the woman of so many hats? Well, for me, um, my downtime is so important and I have to schedule it. That's the most unfortunate, unfortunate thing about it. I have to schedule my downtime like I do everything else. I have an amazing admin. And so I'll say, OK, Myra, I know I've been going and going and going this, you know, on Fridays, we particularly don't work in the office. So I'll take Fridays to do my appointments and my errands. It's sometimes it's massages on those Fridays, um, really taking time to just um, take my take my hair off, <laughs> literally <laughs> take my hair off and rest. Rest is essential for me because I am still a singer. I'm still um, itinerant as well as pastorate. So I have to take that time getting that therapy really, you know, taking time to read and study and do devotion for myself and not because I have to preach or teach, but just taking those moments to say, Hey, today, I don't want to schedule any meetings. I just really want time to read. I just want to read. I just want to become one with the word today with no pretense and no necessity. And so really being intentional about my times of rest, going and doing things that I love. Uh, I recently went to a glow in the dark paint, uh, paint, oh, paint party. Yes. And that was so therapeutic for me. I was like, I should probably do this at least once a quarter because it was just, it was fun. It was very therapeutic. I didn't have to think about, you know, what, you know, what business decision needed to be made. <laughs> so doing things that really allow me just to be a woman and just to enjoy my life, enjoy my time and find those ways to feed my soul, to feed my spirit. And again, nurture my feminine. So that's, those are things that I do in my downtime. Oh, I love it. Good. good. So Pastor Candy, as we get ready to, to wrap up, um, what are some, what are, what are some things you want the audience to know? You know, what, what are things coming down the pipeline for Pastor Candy West? Oh man, God has been so faithful. It's so many amazing, incredible things that are coming down the pipeline. I'm actually having my official pastorate uh, uh, installation at the end of March, March 25th. So I'm really excited about that. That's our church anniversary weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, I'm getting ready to release a mentorship program this year. So I'm working on that um, through my women's ministry, the Dream Experience. And Dream is an acronym of Deborah, Ruth, Esther, Elizabeth, and Mary. Mm. And so um, again, those are women in the Bible that are that have been very influential in my life, just reading their testimonies and stories of how God used them. And so preparing for that mentorship, I'm doing um, this thing called Pillow Talk, uh, which is, um, I hosted a live one back in December, yeah. and I did my first online Pillow Talk uh, recently. And then, so I'm going to be doing hosting those once a month. So there are a lot of things uh, coming down the pipeline uh, for me. So you definitely want to stay tuned and uh, be sure you follow me on social media 
at the Candy West on Instagram, candywest.com for my website, um, Candy West Live for my YouTube page. So you can find me somewhere on, on Beyonce's internet. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So I think we have trashed it for today. I think right. we have. I think we have trashed it. This has truly been awesome. Some nuggets have truly been dropped on here today, Pastor Candy. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you, ladies, so much, both to you, Mel and Missy. Thank you both for having me. I have so enjoyed our conversation. I love talking to women because I believe that we really get it. We understand each other. It's like, you know how they say, uh, what is understood doesn't have to be ex explained. Explained, it's yes. Like we <laughs> Yes. What's understood doesn't have to be explained. So I'm always so grateful for the opportunity to share on platforms with amazing and powerful women. So thank you to both of you for having me. Having thank you. And we oh, definitely have some things we want to put in the mail to you yes. uh, to show yeah. our, our appreciation. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you're kind of special because you're the first Yes. The first, yes. First special guest. <laughs> so as we get ready to wrap up, guys, just make sure that you are continuing to follow us. Um, you can stream us on Apple, on Twitter, on any of your favorite podcasting platforms if you want to watch us, because usually we have a ton of bloopers as yes. we're filming. You can also tune into our YouTube channel at Trashed It and we Instagram and Instagram. Uh, we especially thank Pastor Candy West for being with us today. And we trashed it. And we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. As always, we thank our listeners for tuning in. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Trashed It! Exclamation point podcast. You can listen to our podcast on various podcast platforms. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Trashed It Podcast, and please chit chat with us throughout the week on our social media channels, Facebook at Trashed It and Instagram at We Trashed It.